Harness Racing, Victoria Wide. RSN 927 is Talking Trots. Welcome uh, to this Saturday morning's edition of Talking Trots. Jason Bonington here, joined by Blake Redden. First time we've been in the same place since roughly 1987. I reckon that Talak won the Melbourne Cup last time we were in the uh, in the same venue at the same time. Bakes, we've been like ships in the night, but um, good to be back with you, son. Absolutely. Can't wait to, uh, to talk about tonight's racing at Melton. It's going to be a cracker. Second leg of the Mayor's Triple Crown. And just incidentally, there was a question on the chase this week about the Melbourne Cup. I haven't caught the chase. But maybe you can, you, do you want to ask it to me fresh? You, you know I love trivia yeah. and you know I love horse racing. Uh, who won the 2001 Melbourne Cup? And the three options were... 2001. 2001. Oh, I should know this. Uh, Torrific, Ethereal no. or American? Uh, it was Ethereal, obviously. It was obviously Ethereal. Yeah, that's... Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty pleased with the options there. It left yes. me. It left me with no choice but to get it right, and that's fantastic. So I'm feeling good about myself on a Saturday morning, which is something that isn't always the case. Let me tell you, we've learned a fair bit. Over the, we've got a fair bit to get through for for this weekend as well. As you mentioned, uh, one of the major uh, topics of discussion will be the Angelique Club pace, which is the middle pin of the unofficial Mayor's Triple Crown. What are we? Why don't we just tack something onto this and call it the official Mayor's Triple Crown? I think we discussed this on radio last Saturday morning, didn't we? Oh, was it, it feels like it was three weeks ago that we discussed it, but uh, I think you just said, let's just call it the official well, Mayor's Triple Crown. I just said there's two ways to do it. You either put up a prize money bonus or you just call it the Mayor's Triple Crown. Because it's going to be very hard for Tell Me Tales to do it. And now I know on Tuesday, we'll get to this in a moment, but I know on Tuesday you were, you were talking about Tell Me Tales uh, being you know an absolute moral. Surely you've invested because they've they've... They opened her at two dollars, and she's drifted from there. I reckon. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll be quite honest. When I when I actually went through the form, because that was what an hour and less than probably twenty minutes after the fields had come. These out. are pretty well established horses. They are. Yeah. They are, no doubt. Yeah, but okay. um, I I find it very hard to split them as the market does. So I'm happy. I've tipped her on top just because you know I felt I felt it was worth sticking with her, but I couldn't really split them personally. Yeah, I think. Berisari's going to lead and, and Tommy Taz is going to sit outside her and it'll be a great race. I think it'll be a clear case of whether Berisari's at her best. I think at her best, Berisari with the lead uh, probably be too good. Maybe. Um, maybe. But Tommy Taz, as I've mentioned, at infinitum and been uh, taking a task on it over the uh, over the time, is the best mare in this part of the world. First thing we've learned, Royal Charlotte rips down the outside to take the New South Wales Trotters Oaks and... She was sent to uh, to New South Wales, to Sydney, to Western Sydney as a travelling companion for Red Hot Tooth, who contested La Cucaracha on the same night won by Dance Craze. But it was a really good win. I know you're a big student of horse action and intent, and you love to see them trying their guts out. That's why you love the pistol abbeys of this world. But there was something about the way Royal Charlotte hit top gear, and... It felt like she was going like a windmill in the, f- the final 150 metres and she just swept past Sleepy. Now, was Sleepy stopping to some degree? Probably. But it was still a very impressive win. And according to you, I, like, I'm not going to call you the, um, uh, <laughs> the, the after-race expert here, but according to you, it wasn't very hard to find. Oh, no, I, didn't, I don't think I went that far. I just suggested that, you know, she, that way. she's shown a lot of ability, I think it's fair to say. And, uh, and yeah, I, I guess in some ways, there's, like, there's a little bit of... Uh, and not she's nowhere near the same world, but there's a little bit of comparison to Dance Craze, the way she she got wound up and... Um, Jeepers. 
just a not. not in, she's nowhere near. You accuse me. Box. You accuse me of, of exaggerating your comments, and now you've gone. She's a little bit of dance craze about it. <laughs> just the just the intent. It's like it's it's like saying there's a little bit of me about you, or a little bit of you about me. Right. Uh, just a little bit. But um, no, she was she was outstanding, Royal Charlotte, and uh, yeah, I, I probably did think that her her form had been pretty good over a period of time, and she'd shown good improvement uh, to get to that level, and. Um, Oh, look, I don't think it's disrespectful to say it's not the strongest three-year-old trotting division of fillies we've ever seen, uh, and and she's been able to capitalise on that. And, and for Paul Males, I'm sure it was a huge thrill. Um, I think he was talking during the week about Walter being one of his one of his favourites from years gone by in terms of big race wins because um, I guess a lot, a lot of their absolute stars are in Kari's name, and, and I think he was pretty excited to get that win with Royal Charlotte, which is um, which is excellent for the team. How do they split them, do you know? No, no, I don't. I mean, I've been out there and, and it feels like a team operation, but uh, I guess in days gone by, you could only have one trainer in the book. Now you can now you can have teams, so maybe mm. maybe that'll be an option, but maybe maybe they train them separately. I'm not entirely sure. Um, good segue here with Dance Craze. Andy Galino has Saturday Night Fever with a four-timer. Two-state double doesn't happen too often. Uh, and some really impressive winners, both in Sydney and also Melbourne. I thought that Parisian Opera was... I'll, I'll do a little bit of a, a, a baker job here. I thought Parisian Opera, and certainly the punters did, was over the odds, and I think it's, uh, quote, halved as uh, as the race neared, found the front and dictated terms and won. All cashed up was a, a phenomenal win by any measure, and, of course, um, a couple of winners up in Sydney, including Dance Craze as well. So in terms of red-letter nights for uh, Anton Galino, who's now probably been a force for six or seven years, uh, you'd say about six? Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess it depends. He had that good pace maybe five years ago. Yeah, I reckon, well, okay, so five or six years. This would be close to one of his best nights in the sport. Yeah, yep. Uh, I know there was a night when he, he might have won the New South Wales Trotters yep. Derby a couple of years back um, and had some winners at Melton, but uh, but you're right, to, to win uh, the feature race up in New South Wales with Dance Craze. And, and I think just having Dance Craze there, she's the flagship horse for the stable, it's fair to say, at this point, and uh, the great Southern Star winner, she was, um, she was just brilliant winning her race, and... Uh, all cashed up. We'll see a little bit more, find out a little bit more about him tonight in the New South Wales Trotters Derby. But favourite, a favourite as he should be. Um, but uh, but no, it was it was an outstanding night, and they're the kind of nights I guess that when someone like Pat Driscoll puts so much money into the sport, they deserve really, don't they? It's not um, you know, there's always feel good stories uh, when you get to these big races, but uh, for someone to put so much money into the sport, you you want to see them get success, and that was the case. Uh... We've already discussed her briefly, but tell me, tells Monsters Mares in Triple Crown warning shot. Yeah, well, she did, didn't she? It was uh, it was a pretty um, uh, forward-thinking drive, I guess, from Matt Craven, not to sit back and wait and see how it unfolded early. He just decided he was on his bike, and over the seventeen twenty, it can be hard to do, but um, but she was good enough to do it to get to the breeze and and then just control the race from there. I don't know uh, how you feel about it. If Tab were framing up a market this morning, we might try and get Trent Langscale. Uh, a little later on uh, on race day mornings to frame up a market for us. But, uh, look, you know, she'd probably be a $6 chance or a little bit less of, of, of winning the Mayor's Triple Crown at this point, and it's not beyond her. I mean, um, if she wins tonight, she's going to go in her... shorter than that, surely. Well, she's $2.40, $2.50 tonight. What's she going to be if she wins tonight? I, suppose, I think she's actually going to be a... I would say she's a better chance of winning the Queen of the Pacific because the distance now... Random barrier draw. We, don't, we know that she's uh, probably relatively untested or completely untested over a trip, but she just seems like it won't be an issue for her. And it 
that's the problem for me tonight, and this is probably a comment I've made on several occasions. This is the middle trip. Um, well, normally, actually, the middle trip makes it, makes it easier for the best horse in the race to win regardless of circumstance, but here it's actually gone the other way around, where I, I just think that with Berisari drawn where she is, and there's been much conjecture during the week about um, the basis of preferential barrier draws. This one's on prize money for the last uh, your last four starts, and Tell Me Tales is going to have to do... It will require a career-best performance. I'm not saying that she's not up for it, because I think... Well, that was the best short course time I think she's probably ever run uh, Tell Me Tales last weekend, so there's no reason why she can't go to another level. Short course time, I mean, on a non-Menangle uh, track, like a non-1400-metre track. Um, so, you know, look... It's a really interesting sort of a situation, but I think if she can get through tonight's assignment, uh, I'd be really happy to be on that six dollars anyway. I, I can kind of get where you're coming from, but um, I'd want to be on that six dollars because I reckon tonight's where it's going to be toughest for her, as you mentioned. Berisari drawn to find the front makes every sense. You you uh, flick through during the week has been a big firmer for the drum. Looks like it's just going to lead and take a trail behind Berisari. Is that how you saw the race? I know we'll get to it soon. Yep, yep. No, that's pretty much how I saw it. Uh, Runs of the week? Runs of the week. Uh, what do you got for us? Oh, look, I think there's a couple of obvious ones. I, I don't want to uh, steal your thunder. I don't know if you have any, but uh, I'm going to start back at Maryborough during the week on Thursday. We had eights of the homegrown classics. Some really, um, really uh, good horses, I think, have emerged through this series over the years, and that will be the case again uh, from uh, from Thursday night. But I'm going to go with uh, a filly called Jackson Me for, for Russell Jack. Gavin Lang drove. She didn't win by a big margin. Um, the best dream chased her pretty solidly, but for, for one point, I think uh, she's shown a bit at the trials. Jackson Me, and she she's clearly starting to put it together um, on the racetrack. And also from Thursday night, uh, Thursday afternoon, I should say, at Maryborough, uh, I think Roblin Dancer was another one of those heat winners, and uh, the way he won, I'd uh, I'd be happy to give him two two points because I think um, he's got good progression in him as well. I'm going to give a, an equal three votes for uh, Ty. for for last weekend, last Saturday night. Slide Brown. All cashed up was phenomenal what uh, what he was able to do after making. He found the front and you just thought, well, if I'm on the shorts, this is just this is just too easy because we know he's got more talent than any of his rivals. But then he made a gallop. He lost maybe 40 metres and he, just, he had to pretty much sprint all the way to tack on and then run past his adversary. So that was a really big performance. But I'll tell you one that I wasn't expecting that I mentioned as my uh, highlight of the week on in the gig was my Harmony Blue. You did the review. Yeah. I don't know what you made of this run. It yeah. was just... I, I'm always a huge rap for any horse that makes the effort to spend the petrol at the start of a race unsuccessfully. Mm. Right then, you've basically... You've died a death. Yep. If you, if you try and run the gate and you don't find the front, then you've died a death and basically... Very, very, very few horses overcome that sort of a situation. Funnily enough, Wardan Express, another Matty Craven horse... Was yeah. really good at it for a period, but um, Swan Hill Mile. She she got fired up after that. She pulled her way to the lead with yeah. a lap to go. It was incredible. For it, it was just an amazing performance. Now it was probably a little knock. I don't think I don't think the Ice Man would get overly angry with the saying that it was probably a little knock on Alpha Charlie who did run second. Probably more because I think we've both had a really good opinion of Alpha Charlie as a horse who could fly through the grades. Now this is one of the best C two to C three races you'll have in Australia for the season. So well. 
it's not the, it's probably not the strongest EK Bray Country Club's pace final of all time, but it's a really strong C2 to C3. So you think to yourself, well, running ahead second in 155.4 is still a really good, good run. But when you think that he ended up getting the cold sit after copping pressure from My Harmony Blue, that he should have run past My Harmony Blue, but she just kept finding... A really big win for mine. Yep. In fact, I'm giving her four votes. You can have three for all cashed <laughs> up and four for my Harmony Blue. Yeah, you've pulled executive rank there. Yeah. Um, look, I'd, I'd, I'd kick up for Alva Charlie a little bit. I think he works his way into his preparation, and he's probably... He was a victim of circumstance, as you say, and he was coming hard on the line, so mm. I'll stick up for him and, and see what he does next time. Driver of the week? Oh, it's got to be Greg Sugars, doesn't it? He drove a four-timer at Maryborough on Thursday, and he's had uh, an outstanding... A number of drivers right now that are, that are just piling in the winners, but... Um, I think the candy man for his effort at Marybrood that alone, let alone the rest of the week, deserves it. He's absolutely just owning his adversaries at different times, the candy man, isn't he? And uh, you never know what you're going to get from him. Will he have facial hair? Will he not? It's always hard to tell. You've got to spot him on track. But he's driving at the absolute peak of his powers, and why wouldn't he? He's still a young man, at least by my comparative standards. I reckon that's enough of the first segment so of the show. So he'll always be a young man then. Well, as, as, <laughs> as our good friend Paul Oxenford says, the gap will always remain. The margin <laughs> will remain between you and everybody else until, of course, you end up six feet under the racetrack. Right, time for a break here on... On uh, trot, talking trots, I should say, and when we come back, we'll go through the form. And just as a change of pace, because I've been off with a little uh, illness sabbatical during the week, I'm going to give Bakes the opportunity to try and find us some winners at Tabcor Park, Melton. It's how we roll. RSN nine two seven is talking trots. Welcome back to Talking Trots on RSN927. Real privilege for me. Normally I open the start of Talking Trots and then we have our little our little break. We pay some bills and then Bakes takes over the hosting and I do the form. Well, I'm taking over the whole lot here. Well, not really because you're going to do most of the talking in this segment of the show. We've got a great program of racing at Tabcorp Park Melton highlighted by a group two, the Elder Baron Park Vic Bread Platinum Metropolitan Trot Final and also the Angelique Club Pace, which we've discussed probably more than we should have in the first half of the show, <laughs> a group. Group 3 race for the Mayor's middle pin of the unofficial Triple Crown for the female paces. But we'll start where we should. Race 1 on the card, Metropolitan Maiden. Middle trip. I haven't looked at your form at all, which makes this very exciting for me, Bakes. Uh, I just quickly, before I uh, passed out at Southern Cross Station uh, with some food poisoning on Tuesday afternoon, I sort of narrowed down. I thought this was a good race for some beach shadow. Micrometeor looks relatively well placed. Sabir is going to go forward at the start. You've got this ongoing love affair with Illawong Maestro, but surely not from the water's front line draw. There's a couple off the second row going okay as well. Tough way to start the card. How did you read it, mate? Uh, I thought Sunbeat Shadow would be winning. I went 2, 3, 1 and 4. Aggressive at the start? Well, I don't know that he has the speed. It would be an ideal situation, but I, the little concern is that I expect Zuberi to get across and he's flying, Zuberi. So I think you opened $26 in places. No longer available anything you're like... Zubri, you're, you're a Zuberi man. I am. Uh, Zuberi? Zuberi, whatever. Yeah, okay. doesn't really matter. Um... <laughs> Or does, but uh, yeah, that's a little concern for some beat shadow. But I mean, his his best form is just better than most of these, isn't it? He's been competing. Well, he was in the top level metropolitan race last time when he ran fourth behind Jellyby Chevy. He sort of was under the pump a fair way out, but he stuck on pretty well. And um, yeah, I mean, he's not, he, he probably won't find the front here, but I'd still back him in to get past the Berry, um, who uh, who as we've outlined is racing really well. And uh, and if he can get anything like double figures, then he's certainly a bet in the race. I think the best. Uh, outsider, I guess, is, is sees power. His form doesn't look spectacular on paper, but he ran third to be major threat. Two starts back with a peg line trip, and just wouldn't be surprised if he ran a race again. And obviously, Micrometeor's the other class runner. He's going to be right in the market. Um, he can be a little bit hard to catch, but he's certainly a winning chance. Two, three, one, and four, and you will be 
unsurprised to learn that I did just throw a long Meister in for, for fifth at, at 20 to 1. Um, who's going? Yeah, I'm back on here. Uh, who is going to lead here? Who will be leading with a lap to go? I think Zaberi. I don't think he'd, he'd hand over once he found the front. He might if, if some beat Shadow got really aggressive, but um, Micrometeor is also a very quick beginner, so it's a bit confusing. Yeah, it is interesting. Just, yeah. just a question without notice. Yeah. Sunbeat Shadow is a 75 Raider at the moment. Yeah. What will he go to off the top of your head if he wins the race? Uh, it's a $20,000 race, so I suspect he'll get a, a six-point lift, an 81. We'll have a look later. It's, yeah. um, it's either five or six. We're discussing that more over the next couple of weeks. Race two on the program is a T4 or better affair. Um, good race, this one. I thought the, the speed all came from wide on the front line here, just looking at it briefly without having gone through it with a fine-tooth comb, Continental Lady and Reels or Rails. Um, the Great Redeemer is obviously a very smart mare in her day and on fast forwards just awkwardly drawn. Uh, same goes for Derriere, given we know she hasn't got brilliant early speed. Is that is that where the race ends? I think so. Um, I went 12, 6, 2 and 7. I, uh, again, interested to see that, that Reels is likely to open favourite here. Kate Gath is elected to drive the Great Redeemer. It might be because she's a... A trickier horse to drive, Reels, is, is very much push-button in many ways. But, uh, I, look, if you line them up against a wall, I suspect the Great Redeemer probably just has a little bit more X-factor. Uh, she was beaten last time, but when you actually go back and watch the run, she was hunting the line hard, just sort of uh, through no fault of, of Kate's missed the, missed the boat when um, there was a bit of uh, traffic in front of her at the top of the straight. So uh, I'm happy to stick with her as a class runner, but she can obviously do things wrong and she's no moral. Uh, thought Derriere, if she didn't get shuffled back early, there's... There's obviously some concerns there with Continental Lady and then Reels flying across, but if she can just hold a spot early, then I think um, she's a she's a good option along with Continental Lady and Reels as the key chances, and I'd be surprised if anything else won. 12, 6, 2 and 7, my numbers. Best of the night for me comes up in race three, but we're not worried about me today. We're worried about you. It's the I didn't do it. Trotters free for all at group three level, 24K up for grabs. Interested to hear your tips here because my, my best comes up here. Really? Yep. What price? What sort of range? I, I don't, I, honestly, I haven't looked. I think you could be getting a bit excited because I've did one at near double figures here. Really? Yep. Go for it. My numbers Ah. Uh, four to beat six, seven, and five. Yeah, I think it's got a chance, but I'm... Okay. Uh, You're a McLovin man. Yeah. Okay, I can accept that, but but uh, Savannah JJ came from off, off pegs and off speed last time. I've got a very strong uh, suspicion that he'll lead here, Savannah JJ. And I don't think he'll hand up. And under those conditions, given he was able to to sort of control uh, the race from the 1-1 and McLovin couldn't get past him last time, I don't see any reason why McLovin can turn the tables. I know he's a good horse. I know he was still finishing off really hard, McLovin, and he might be up parking and, and being on the speed. But, gee, Savannah JJ was going well before he won last time. I think you found him at value. So I've, I've got no reason to knock him here at $9. I'm, I'm keen to have a bet on him. Obviously, McLovin's the big danger. I think they're probably the only two you need in your in your early quarter. Obviously, Kai Valley Blur, if they pour it on early and, and they all want to go to war, he will be finishing hardest. And um, yeah, I'd be surprised if any of the others could win. But Maori Law is obviously open to improvement. Into the unknown is very short, but uh, I struggle to see a way she wins the race. Four, six, seven, and five, my numbers. Yeah. Oh, well, I think that's a crucial factor that you've pointed out there is does Savannah JJ lead? I think it'll get across. Does it lead and hold the lead, or does it lead and hand up to McLovin, thinking to itself, McLovin usually bowls along at a pretty genuine tempo? Nah, you. you you, you controlled him last time when he was behind you. Why let him get in front of you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't mind knowing the last time if Savannah JJ's ever won a race leading yeah. at this sort of level and yep. with the pressure that will be poured on here. Uh, I think McLovin will be 
laying down the law, and then you've got Mouldy Law just behind them, Coverley Blur sweeping. So it would be an interesting tactical race. I just thought based on the map that I uh, conjured in my mind that McLovin was one of the best of the night. Race four in the program is the Empire Stallion Vic Bread Platinum Homegrown Classic final for the two-year-old fillies at Group 2 level. This is the one feature that I didn't mention off the top. Uh, Alice K opened pretty short here. It looks a race in three, but how did you organise them? Yeah, I mean, I've sort of uh, leaned the way of the market, four, seven, eight, and five. There's been good for, good support for Majida. The way they sort of came out in their heats, I mean, there's a lot of unknowns here, but the way they came out in their heats, I'd be a little bit surprised if Alice K could cross Majina, Majida drawn outside her this time, and if Majida finds the front, she was uh, she was outstanding, really, chasing Alice K. And Alice K is probably um, best known for her high speed, and, and Majida matched her after parking out in their heat. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to be with Majida, but obviously respecting Alice K got a lot of time for her. I think she's a, she's a top-flight filly. I think they'll both... Uh, they'll probably all be there at the you know the business end of the uh, of the two year old season. Artemidi, Emma Stewart told me before debut that she, she had a really big opinion of Artemidi. So while the barrier draw hurts, I wouldn't totally rule her out. And if you just wanted to play one as a place option or, or for first fours, I think our Southern Star's the best value in the race. Ran really away, uh, well when running the gate in her heat, and um, I think she's got good ability. So my numbers are four to beat seven, eight, and five. Yeah, start's going to be crucial. Um, Majida, I just like the way she stuck to her task yep. in the qualifier. If she was to find the front, I think she'd be very, very hard to run past. Alice Kay, Adam Kelly's a real educator of horses. I just don't see him for the prize here wanting to spoil Alice Kay by just yep. dazzling her off the arm or Zach Phillips doing that because he's an educator of horses himself. Um, race five is the first league of the quarter, and it's a race we've referenced on a number of occasions. The Angelique Club Pace Group 3 Affair Middle Trip, 30k up for grabs. Preferential draw is the key to this race. Last four prize money. We've already discussed this. Berisari looks your leader, makes every sense leads. Berisari to find the front. Tell me tells, has to negotiate traffic and get up into the breeze. One thing I'd like to know from you is where Delight Me sits in the puzzle because it follows through behind, makes every sense, can get on the speed here. We know at her best, she's absolutely outstanding. She didn't really show it apart from maybe one or two runs in her previous preparation coming back from injury. Is she a player here or is it a genuine race in two? Yeah, no, I think it's going to end up being a situation where she's going to have to be cuddled up and saved for one dash at them. And, and if Berisara's in front and Tell Me Tales is outside the leader, I can't see anything from behind them winning, so um, she's obviously quality mare, but I was sort of willing to risk most of the rest. If you're playing quarties, I'd just be playing the two big guns. Uh, my numbers um, are 12, 4, 2 and 11. Uh, just, you know, for no real reason other than I think she's just a star. I've, I've put Tell Me Tales on top of Verisari, but there's there's literally nothing between them. Makes every sense. She's going really well, and, and she will get to the pegs first and, and run a cheeky race. But, again, I'd be a little bit surprised if she won. Not totally shocked, but a little surprised. And, and reciprocity, the best of the rest. But you could probably build a case for most of them to run a place. Yeah, if, if they were giving me something ridiculous, I'd even entertain Village Safari the drop. Race six on the program is the Alderbaran Park Vic Bread Platinum Metropolitan Trot Final at Group 2 level. We referenced Parisian Opera earlier. I'm pretty confident she can lead if they want to lead, and you'd imagine after leading and winning last start, why wouldn't they do that? If Magical could hunt up behind the leader, I think he's definitely the one to beat. How did you read it? Uh, look, I thought Parisian, Op- Parisian Opera would still... Um be really hard to run down. I did, I did go with Prison Opera 1, 9, 11 and 2. Pending scratchings, obviously, Magical is clearly the hardest to beat. He's, um, he's run against the paces. First up from a break was, was terrific again last time in probably an unsuitable role. He was really good uh, in his heat of this race. So he's going to get that lovely sitting behind you mentioned. One of the two should win. Um, I think they probably should both be a little bit shorter than the market's going to have them because 
can't see any scenario where, where the others cross Parisian Opera or, or even where there's heaps of pressure applied mid-race. So um, it really does look their race. Again, not not a heap between them, but I just thought Parisian Opera um, race to lose in front, I guess, in, in many respects. Andrew's flying, dead set flying, and she'll be running on really hard at the end. But um, can she peg back the front couple? I don't think so. And Cordy's Prince, the other one, I'd be throwing into multiples uh, with cruising around. I reckon in terms of lovable horses, Andrew is building a case to be right up there yep. after uh, a sustained... Several sustained periods of excellence. Race 7 on the program is the third leg of the quarter. It's the M1 to M2 fast class for the paces for the night over the short course trip 17.20. This was my other best of the night. I just thought E-Main Macker would find the front pretty comfortably and that would be the end of the penny section. You've done the prices, though. I might be getting no price here. Nah, yeah, I think uh, he's going to be close to... To sort of dollar forty ish, maybe dollar sixty. But I mean, do you really want to be piling in? I've gone two, one, seven, and four. It's a, it's a relatively similar race to the one he won last start at Swan Hill, where Bernie Winkle held them early, let Emain Mark you go, and uh, and couldn't get him. He did, he did get pretty close, Bernie Winkle at, at big odds, double figures there. He won't be those double figures here, but um, yeah, can he actually get past Emain Macker? Probably not, probably not. So uh, it looks that sort of race. Phoenix Prince clearly would have as much ability as anything in the race. It's just a matter of A, being on, on his best day and, and B, getting into the race from where he's drawn. But um, the race definitely ends there. You could you could arguably throw Hickstead into first fours or, or American Zest, but 217 and 4, my numbers. 217 and 4, I've gone off early. Of course, the fast class is actually the bold David Free-for-All, which is raced out in the program, the final leg of the quaddie. I haven't been 100 all week. I've told you that already. This is an intriguing race. It's a, only a front line with seven runners, but Motu Gate Crash has got gate speed but doesn't use it all that often. Burn a hole in my pocket. He's in a similar boat. Mixes and matches whether it tries to use its gate speed. V-Rock is one leading, but I don't think it possibly lead this field. Flaming Flood is best driven um, conservatively these days. Rishi will roll forward. San Domino probably wants to get on the speed as well. I, I, Map-wise, it's kind of hard to work out, but I guess that pole marking drawer in such an even field plays heavily in Motu Gate Crash's favour. It does. I went 1-3, 2-6, but I will just put this little caveat that I wouldn't be surprised if they just fired up San Domino and said, do any of those drawn inside us really have the intent or the, or the speed to want to lead? And, and if not, can he get across? Yes, probably he can. So if he got across, he'd certainly get... I think it's a field job in the quaddies, I'll be, I'll be quite frank, but um, I was happy to side with... Motugate Crash, as you mentioned, he's got the draw. He should end up behind the leader. Um, he's been close up in the, the Captain Sandy in the Warrigal Cup behind San Carlo. So he's going well enough, but there's, um, it's it's a small field and it's just a very tricky race. V-Rock's been unlucky. I'd throw him in, burn a hole in my pocket if he was the leader. I think he's going a bit better than the form reads. Bralos pass, class runner. San Domino if he led. So, um, yeah, probably just a field job for me, 1, 3, 2 and 6. Well, you've got one field job there, 1, 3, 2 and 6. Not a leg of the quaddy, but the claimer is... Whew, this is wide open affair. One of your old favourite Springfield tattoos got to be in the mix from a relatively good draw. $10,000 if you want to purchase him. Winkatui Jew, he always needs, well, maybe a little bit too much luck these days. Lucky Lombo looks well-placed in this uh, kind of field. And Arthur Lowe produced a career-best performance last time. Matt, have you found any others that can win? Oh, crazy Dave can win. 9, 3, 10 and 5, my numbers. You can purchase him if you want Springfield Tattoo, but you won't be able to punt on him tonight. He'll uh, he'll be staying at home. Oh, there you go. Well, he might have to come to the track, actually, in case he's pur- purchased. But uh, Lucky Lombo's the horse to beat, to my eye. He's sort of dropping back into claiming grade. He hasn't um, done heaps of claiming racing for Adam Kelly of recent times, but when he did, he, he smashed a 
Uh, well, similar field, you'd have to say, beating Winger Chewie and, and Arthur Lowe at Melton two starts back. So um, he did lead there, and he won't lead here, but I think he's probably just the class runner. Crazy Dave was really good, though, um, dropping out of that ideal some magic race back into Clemen grade last time, and, and uh, he did have a soft sip but was really strong through the line. Arthur Lowe's been really consistent at, the, at this level, and you wouldn't be sho- you know shocked if he went and parked and won. And, uh, Winger to Eju. The better Max is a really interesting runner in this grade. Um, yeah, it's uh, it is pretty tricky. Nine, three, ten, and five. My numbers. Nine, three, ten, and five. Um, no Springfield tattoo. So nine, three, ten, and five. Lucky Lombo on top. Class runner in the race. You'd have to say. Uh, last race in the program. Allied Express Pace Final. This is another tricky affair. The, the Harvey Bay went out of this world last start. Jimmy Locke is the best drawn of the major players. Miss Hartley, delightful jazz sounds of terror. Plenty of places to look here, Bakes, to try and get out. Oh, I think only two can win it. Um, that's just not just number two, two, nine, eight, and ten. My numbers. Uh, Jimmy Locke was going to lead anyway before its Queen of Broadway was scratched. Uh, I think he'll lead pretty comfortably uh, now, regardless. And um, based on that, uh, again, he had a, a sit in his heat when he beat Miss Hartley in Delightful Jazz, but um, he draws much better than his uh, his contemporaries in this race. And I'd be surprised if he he was able to be run past. So I'm happy to be with. Uh, with Jimmy Locke, but I am now just realising as I read the scratching that Delightful Jazz is going to be right behind him. So, I was thinking, I was thinking it the entire time, and you told me there's only two winning chances. But um, to be fair, I only just saw the scratching, which you didn't, um, as I was looking at the form. So, yep, uh, they're the two, they're the two big guns with the Harvey Bay. Well, any of the three can win. I'll be quite honest. And Sounders of Terror is the next best. Two, eight, nine, and ten, maybe now. I'm- You've, you've, We're doing this on the fly. You've got very aggressive very with me. Like it was only when you said it's Queen we didn't of Broadway. Even know it's Queen of Broadway. I've scratched. But you, but you said it, <laughs> and then you kept on this path of only two winning chances. And I'm thinking, I hope he knows that yeah. delightful jazz is going to be drawn right in behind. It was an error. But You've um, you've come out and, and uh, been pretty aggressive. What's your best for the ninth base? I've already mentioned mine. No, I haven't gone through the form as intently as you this week for reasons previously mentioned, but Lovin would be probably mine, particularly since you haven't tipped it. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I kind of want to take your dead with Savannah JJ, but I might just say we'll punt the Quinella because I think they'll... Uh, I think they're the two major chances yeah, as well. Yeah, I think they'll run the Quinella and... Uh, particularly if my map works out, they will run one too. True, and, uh, and we'll go head-to-head again. I'll take Parisian Opera against your Magical... All right. Well, uh, really appreciate you joining me and being back in the same room for the first time in a long time. And hopefully we can sort of build a partnership from here. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe hit a ton. Uh, hopefully Warner we have Smith as we head towards the World Cup. Hopefully stuff. we haven't gone over time. I'm going to go and get myself a coffee and maybe some burgering from the vending machine and try and get myself wound up for race day mornings. And hopefully uh, produce a slightly better performance than I have here on Talking Trots. But I think we've been okay. Thanks for joining us and look forward to the meeting at Tabcorp Park Melton this evening.